This is a Shock Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that hasn't dropped its Russian partners because we don't have Russian partners. Now, today in the world of pod, we have Nicholas John. Hello, hello. He wishes he had a Russian tycoon behind his back. That is not code. <laughs> I didn't see that coming, though. Also, we have Karami Kamel. What's happening, guys? He's putting himself up for sale for three billion pounds. And uh, I am Faisal American. My net worth can buy me about a week's supply of instant noodles. Now, as you can guess from the intro, we have quite a few topics to discuss today. We have Chelsea being put up for sale, uh, this weekend's Manchester Derby, and the sports community isolating Russia over the invasion of Ukraine. But first, let's start with the FA Cup, guys. The fifth round took place in midweek. There were no major surprises. And yes, that includes Tottenham's 1-0 loss to Middlesbrough. Spurs are a yo-yo team right now, right? In the sense that uh, they beat Man City. They go on to lose the next match. Uh, This is followed by them thrashing Leeds, only to crash out in the FA Cup at the hands of a mid-table championship team. This was a bad performance from Spurs. You know, they they are far, far from their best. You know, uh, they were lethargic. They lacked creativity, and and they were the ones who supposedly had the better team on paper. And and, and the thing is, Middlesbrough didn't play fantastically well either. It was just a case of Spurs being really bad uh, on the night. And the defeat also means that Spurs end the season empty-handed once again. And I don't know what the fans will have to say about that, but I'm sure by now they're they're sick and tired of waiting around for a trophy, even if it's something like the FA Cup or the League Cup even. Yes, and it's 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 shocking that Conte has been using the same lineup for a couple of matches. The first shot was when they beat City 3-2 and then they lost to Burnley, right, the next game. So... It's it's a very yo-yo kind of performance and I don't know what is going on with Spurs right now. And I'm, I don't know how Conte will handle this kind of stuff. But for the same 11 players to produce this kind of performance, this kind of yo-yo performance, this is it's just mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you remember that uh, previously Conte had that rant where he hinted he wanted to quit. Well, uh, before the Borough game, he said it was a strategic outburst and uh, not emotional at all. Yeah, right. Uh, Presumably, that was to give his players a kick up the backside. Uh, Guys, how many more of these uh, so-called strategic rants will he need? I'm assuming after every game? Every game, I guess, yes. Because every time he goes on a rant, then his play will bounce back. But uh, like Nick said, it was a terrible performance against Middlesbrough. But uh, we should give credit when credit is due because Borough did knock out United in the previous round. So... So Borough had had this this good thing going for them. Oh, I don't. I really don't know about Spurs. I'm supposedly on paper they have Harry Kane, they have Son Heung Min, and even Kulusevski is on a great great form, scoring goals. I just don't know why they could not do it on a consistent basis. Maybe they're just repli- replicating Manchester United. <laughs> you had to go there. Bro. I have to. <laughs> 
Now, Borough are through to the quarterfinals where they'll take on Chelsea, who had a 3-2 win over Luton Town. Chelsea prevailed thanks to goals from Saul Niguez, Timo Werner, and uh, shockingly, uh, Romelu Lukaku. <laughs> now, all this after a period of uncertainty for the Blues. Um, this is after Roman Abramovich confirmed that he's selling up. Uh, first up, guys, how do you think the uh, history books will look at Abramovich's uh, legacy? Right, It definitely changed the Premier League permanently. Some say you could argue not for the better. Yeah, Abramovich has been a very divisive figure in English football. Those who love him, praise him for what he's done for Chelsea. And those who are against... Chelsea fans. <laughs> yeah, and, and those who are against him have kind of never stopped questioning like his background, you know, where did he get the money from, his alleged links to uh, Vladimir Putin and all that. Uh, but, but for us, like, just among the three of us, I don't think it's our place to talk about Roman Abramovich, the businessman or the person, but we can definitely talk about uh, Roman Abramovich, the owner of Chelsea Football Club. And what, a, what an owner he's been, you know, when he first took over in 2000, 2003, if I'm not mistaken, Chelsea had not won the league title since 1955. Uh, but over the years, under Abramovich, they've gone on to win a total of 21 trophies, including five Premier League titles, two Champions League trophies, two Europa Leagues, uh, in addition to multiple FA Cups and League Cups. And then in recent years also, they've won the UEFA Super Cup and the FIFA Club World Cup, uh, which means that Chelsea have won every single trophy that's available for an English club to win. And all this success, believe it or not, came in a span of just 19 years. So say what you want about the man himself or his background and all that, but his record as owner of Chelsea is simply fantastic. I have to agree with Nick because he has been a breath of fresh air, I think, for the Premier League when he came into the scene. Uh, remember that he brought Jose Mourinho and when they won the back-to-back Premiership title, right, if I'm not mistaken. So bringing in players like Drogba, uh, just to name a few, uh, Diego Diego Costa. Uh, we have to bleep out the names like Adrian Mutu or Andrei Shevchenko or Hernan Crespo because they did not, they did not perform well. And Torres. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think... Uh, football-wise, it was it was great for football. It was great for EPL especially because he did bring in the big, big names just to increase the value of the EPL. And you, you picking up a little bit on what you were saying, you were saying he was a breath of fresh air for the EPL. That's one of the things I find really fascinating about Abramovich is that he does the complete opposite of what conventional wisdom says an owner should do. You know, owners are typically typically expected to just like, pump money into the club and then leave the day-to-day running to their lieutenants. But Abramovich has been very hands-on. You know, he's he's had a direct hand in, in numerous player transfers, like you mentioned, some of which worked, most of which didn't. And, and he's also hired and fired managers 15 times over the span of 19 years. And so this is the complete opposite of how people say a club needs stability and a long-term plan, you know. For Abramovich, if you're not winning, you're gone. And, and, and people like Roberto Di Matteo, for example, he found out the hard way. You know, he was sacked six months after guiding Chelsea to the Champions League title. So he, he does things very differently. Uh, but despite all that, uh, all the players and managers coming and going, the firings and the hirings, it just somehow worked out for Chelsea. You know, success 
simply came their way. And it's amazing. Now, the reasons that Abramovich is uh, putting Chelsea up for sale are pretty much obvious. Uh, so let's just talk about what happens next, uh, shall we? Uh, something tells me there won't be any uh, anything concrete for a while. Uh, do you agree? I have to agree. And based on what, Abram- what Abramovich has done for Chelsea, I think the next owner needs to be as wealthy or even more compared to him because based on what he did at Chelsea, I think Chelsea do need the money that he has splurged before this to to be a top, top team because before Abramovich, Chelsea was a mid-table team at best. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not sure how they would run. I hope the best for Chelsea because they are the reigning Champions League champion and the Club World Cup champion. So... I just hope that their their big big players won't leave the club due to financial reason or whatsoever. But uh, I'm guessing it's going to be a a difficult patch for for the Chelsea fans. Yeah, it's good that you mentioned that, Karam, because we have uh, discussed this in the past, haven't we? Uh, having a new owner is always a gamble. I mean, for every let's say good owner like uh, Liverpool's FSG, there's always the Glazer family. Or even worse, going back to uh, Liverpool, uh, Hicks and Gillette. Oh man, that was a nightmare. I wish I could forget. Yeah, it it, it is always a gamble when when you talk about new owners, which is why you, we don't know what the future holds for Chelsea. You know, um, if they are lucky, like like Karam was saying, they will get someone like Abramovich. Not only someone who is wealthy, as wealthy as he is, but someone who is as passionate about the project because Abramovich was that he was very passionate about uh, uh, passionate about Chelsea and 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 he wasn't someone who who treated the club like a mere financial investment hopefully they get someone like him uh, and and that would be the best case scenario for them like worst case scenario they get someone who doesn't know anything about football or worse doesn't know anything even about sports and then tries to run the club and then puts priority on, on money and profits and all that because yeah that, that's a surefire way to ruin lies we've seen. Mm-hmm. Moving on, um, still on the FA Cup, uh, Everton put their Premier League struggles aside to beat Borumwood 2-0. They will face uh, Crystal Palace in the last eight. Manchester City had a 2-0 win over Peterborough. They'll face Southampton next. Liverpool, 2-1 win over Norwich and will face either uh, Nottingham Forest or Huddersfield. Happening this weekend is the Premier League. Manchester City will host Man United at the Etihad. Uh, as we mentioned, City were in FA Cup action in midweek while United are more rested. Uh, their last match was their goalless draw against Watford at the weekend. Uh, now, this is a big one. That goes without saying, even though I did. Uh, City looking to maintain their lead in the standings while United are pushing for fourth place. Uh, how do you think this will pan out? Uh, my heart, my, my, my mind says that City is going to win the match, but I'm hoping... I'm hoping that Manchester United could cause an upset or at least a draw at, at the Etihad because not only is the it's the Manchester derby but this match I think will influence the the standings at the top of the table. So currently I'm actually rooting for Liverpool to win the league this season. I don't know why. <laughs> How hard was that for you to say, Karol? <laughs> okay, to be honest because last season I because Liverpool was the defending champion last season, right? But they were hampered with injuries, multiple injuries, uh, especially in their defence department. So they did not really have a chance to defend their title. So this should be a good season for Liverpool 
to reclaim their their status as as the king of England, you might say. So back to the match. If United would want to get a positive result, I think Paul Pogba needs to perform well. Uh, he's been in and out of the games, and Bruno Fernandez, who I really really don't like his body language when he loses possession or when he could not connect with his passes, and especially Ronaldo, he. I think he needs to get more of the ball. Yeah, uh, Ronaldo hasn't scored since what? Late December? I think so, yeah. It's mm-hmm. a six or seven matches, right? Yeah, Ilanga just scored the winner in extra time. How about that? <laughs> yeah. God, I hope. Oh, man. It, it pains me to say that. <laughs> but but what makes this derby interesting also is that both, like you all mentioned earlier, both United and City have something to play for. You know, City are looking to, to maintain their lead. United need that, that top four finish. Uh, in addition to all the bragging rights that come along with, with winning a derby match. But I think that because there is so much at stake, uh, there's a good chance that this could turn out to be a, a, a scrappy game. I, I'm not saying it won't be dramatic, but I mean, don't expect fast-flowing, attractive, entertaining football. Uh, another reason I think it could be scrappy is that City are not in particularly the best shape right now. You know, they lost to Spurs and narrowly squeezed out a win over Everton, which which some would say was a lucky win. So they're not doing too good while... United, you know like, how United can be. You know, good one minute, horrible the next. So for, for this reason, I think as important as this match is, I don't think it's going to be a classic. Yeah, I agree with Nick. And back to the the lucky win for City against Everton. Uh, I just hope that the the refs and the VARs are not on City's side in this match because it was a clear handball by Rodri in the Everton match. I don't know why Everton wasn't given the penalty. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Also in the Premier League, uh, Liverpool will be hoping to keep the pressure on City when they host West Ham. Chelsea are up against Burnley. Aston Villa travel to Watford. Tottenham host Everton. Be sure to catch uh, the EPL live on Astro. Now, Also, the invasion of Ukraine has left uh, Russia isolated globally, including in the world of sports. Uh, for one, uh, Russian football clubs and the national team has been suspended from all UEFA and uh, FIFA competitions. However, this is pending an appeal by the Court of Arbitration for Sports. Uh, several clubs also dropped their Russian commercial partners and sponsors. Uh, the Russian and Belarusian rugby teams have also been suspended. As for tennis, uh, the ITF is only allowing players from both countries to compete as neutrals. Uh, same for Formula One, but earlier this week, uh, there were reports that Haas's Nikita Mazepin will be banned from racing in the British GP. F1 also terminated its contract with the Russian Grand Prix. Uh, Russia and Belarus also face uh, sanctions from various other sports like uh, athletics, cycling, swimming and badminton. This is on top of Russia being banned by the Beijing Winter Paralympics. Uh, Meanwhile, the sanctions have also hit Putin personally. The Russian president had his uh, honorary taekwondo black belt stripped. He was also suspended as uh, honorary president of the International Judo Federation. Look, Putin, my son has a black belt. So that's right. You have to bow to my 14-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have I left anybody out? Uh, th- that That's about it. But um, uh, y- you just have a feeling that uh, the-, the sanctions are going to keep coming the longer the war in Ukraine drags on. But you see, for, for me, I feel that the move to allow athletes in certain sports to compete without the Russian flag or anthem, you know, basically uh, having them compete as neutrals, 
this is more of a symbolic move, you know, to show that, oh, we are not happy with your, what your country has done, but there's nothing we can really do about it, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I think the two moves with the biggest repercussions would be uh, barring uh, Russian athletes from the Winter Paralympics and uh, FIFA's ban on Russian football teams because uh, with the Paralympics, the entire contingent of Russian athletes now don't get to compete. Uh, and, and then if uh, FIFA's ban that you, that you mentioned earlier is upheld, it means that Russia is out of the World Cup playoffs, which means that they won't be playing at the 2022 World Cup. So uh, these two, I think, are the, are the most uh, major implications. There have been arguments, you know, some are asking, is it fair that athletes get punished for the actions of their governments and all that? That, for me, I think is up for debate. But like I said earlier, you know, the, the longer the war drags on, I think the more uh, sanctions uh, we're going to see in the world of sports. So that wraps it up for the uh, Podball Sportscast. But before we go, a quick word word. Also, uh, <laughs> with what's happening globally, it is understandable that things can get more than a bit overwhelming for some people. So uh, remember to stay positive, take care of your health, both mentally and uh, physically. We love you all. Peace. I'm Faisal Marikan. I am Karami Kamil. And I'm Nicholas John.